Hey y'all, it's time for some damn good content. I'm Shelby Claymall, your host and business bestie. I'm a content creator, social media manager, and coach, keynote speaker, wife, and a mama of two who ditched her nine to five to build a thriving multi six-figure business solely using social media. Just like you, I'm a working mom and a wife with limited time. So I'm committed to cutting the fluff and delivering tips and fresh ideas straight to your earbuds on how you too can harness damn good content and create that type of business that you love and are proud of. Each week, we'll deep dive into strategy and mindset of building your brand on social media so that your confidence and success in the online space can skyrocket. Get ready to step outside of your comfort zone and start creating some damn good content. Are you ready? Let's freaking get it. All right, welcome back to Damn Good Content. I have Lauren Navar here today as our guest, and I'm so excited. She's a badass entrepreneur. She is one of my very well-known attorneys that helped me with anything I need. I mean, totally basic business owner, but anyway, she is awesome. Thank you so much basic for being beach here. business. <laughs> Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to have you. You're welcome. I'm excited. Tell everybody a little bit about you, what you do. Give us a little lowdown on who Lauren is. I work a lot. <laughs> no, um, I'm a mom. I have two daughters. And then I have an adult child named Jason. We've been together for a long time. He's still in training. So I give him treats daily and, and curb his behavior. Uh, been an attorney for almost 13 years now. I like to focus on the business side of things. So I do a lot with that. Met Jared, added real estate. And now you are just killing it. And became real tired. Real quick. <laughs> real quick. All right. Literally, y'all, for those listening, I when I first met Lauren, she's going to roll her eyes big time because I feel like you've heard me say this a million times. I was like, holy crap, I'm intimidated. She's gorgeous. She's a genius. But she's definitely someone that you want on your side all the time because she's feisty and then she will go to the ends of the earth for you. I love it. I love having her as a friend, as an attorney, because let's be real, she would get the job done. How, you mentioned having two little girls. How old are they? 10 and six. 10 and six. How is that managing the lifestyle right now? And those of you that don't know who Lauren is, they just opened Arena Collective. in yep, January. That, January of this year. And they're a law firm, so they handle... Um, Title, civil, business, all the law, basically just call them for everything. That's what I do, even if they don't <laughs> handle it. I'm like, what do I do? But they've been killing it. They've been killing it. So how are you managing that lifestyle and being a mom and all of that? So it was already a way of life for me. Uh, I made that decision a long time ago before we even decided to have kids. It's just my nature to hustle and grind every day. It's the environment that I grew up in. My mom had a salon and it was in our house. And so I saw her work like that when I got off of school. She just made it work for us, right? right? You don't think of a salon in a house. She did that. She had kids. She ran her business. Eventually, you know, she had an, her own brick and mortar location. She just recently sold it to someone that's been with her forever. So, I mean, I, I think the question comes from people putting business in a box and putting motherhood in a box. But in reality, if you look around and you're creative and how you live it, it's not even a question of how you make it work. It's just your existence. That is your life. That's who you are. That's right. who I'm called to be. So if I'm called to be a business owner and I'm called to be the one that helps others scale and grow their businesses, because that's my passion and that's my life, I can also be called to be a mother. So I don't know that um, 
I could separate the lines between the two roles that I live, I just blend them together the best I can every day. Yeah. And I remember one time I feel like I had, I was struggling a little bit with the mom guilt aspect. And I was, I looked at her and I was like, I feel so bad going on this trip. And she was like, Shelby, you have to realize like you're teaching your boys what a strong woman looks like. And until she told me that I was like, felt really bad because I'm like, I'm not present. I'm missing out. But in reality is I'm teaching them to respect strong women and to want a strong woman in their life when they grow up. Right. And not be intimidated by it. Right. I mean, how many men do we encounter that it's an intimidation factor, right? Or they have to be the one that provides or they feel they're not playing their part. Why can't we both do those things together? And wholeheartedly not minimizing the role of a man in my life because my husband's amazing and I love what he brings to our family and I love that he supports us. I love that he provides for us. But just because he's doing those things doesn't take that away from my contribution if that's what I'm called to do in life while still respecting the women that are not called to do that. Right. You know, the women that are called to stay home and the women that are so strong and do all their homeschooling efforts right now. Like that is beautiful. And I have a ton of those women in my life that my children can use as examples if they're called to live that role. Right. Right. But I, I wholeheartedly agree with what I told you before and still live it today. Like we stand up and show them just an example something they could have right if that's what they're called to do as well and on your side and being a mother of sons to me you're building them up stronger and more confident because they have a strong woman in their life right they will never be intimidated by that woman and what do you want for them you want somebody that's gonna love them that intensely someone that has you know some passion in their life so they're gonna be a strong woman right right why not be prepared for it yeah and so i think that a lot of times uh a lot of conversations that i have people or especially women in business Business, or even if they're just working in corporate entrepreneurship, even sometimes stay at home moms, they have mom guilt that they feel called to be with their kids all the time. Yep. When in reality, like I was not cut out to be a stay at home mom, but I have really close friends that were, and that makes sense and it works. And so I think that it's just a mindset issue that we all have to overcome and try to move forward and just really understand that we're trying to be the best example that we can for our kids and what makes us happy. Yeah. Cause if I was stay at home, I wouldn't be the best version of myself if I wasn't chasing my yeah. dreams and doing what I want to do. Correct. And my kids then wouldn't get the best part of me. So right. it just, it, I, I don't have, I'm not made to, to teach them either. Right. Like I love teaching them life lessons. I love talking them through everything that I'm doing. I love bringing them on work events with me. Right. And so they're participating in it, learning how to communicate with other people. But when it comes down to like, okay, we're going to do homework together. I tap out. <laughs> <laughs> like I am not built for that. Right. And I don't want to say I don't have patience because Lord, I do. And I don't like to ask God to give me another example of how to get patience. Right. So I won't say that, but it just doesn't fit my personality style. Right. And so I like to live where I fit best and delegate the rest. And if delegating the rest means that they have other awesome people in their lives, like their sitter who does love and support them and have a personality that fits that role, then I feel like I'm giving them the best of both worlds. Right. Right. And you talked about it just being like a, a, a mind mindset. Everything in life is a mindset. Right. Right. So if you don't like how you feel about it, change your perspective. Right. And once you do, you're going to feel a hell of a lot better. Yeah. And and we're talking super heavy on mindset and being a mom, but like truly, Lauren, if you stayed home, the world would be missing out on what you do provide for the world because you're very badass when it comes to helping others build businesses. Also being such a like counselor almost that you get to lean on. And then also you're a genius in the legal space. So like in all reality, I've used you for my business tactics where you just took me back to the simple tactics of what I need to look at as a business 
where I've never had, or I've never taken the time to take a step back and say, okay, well, who is my audience? Who is my avatar and who am I right. speaking to? Cause I've done it for everyone else. And you're like, okay, let's do it for you. So if you're listening to this, Lauren is amazing. She's here in Covington. Uh, does business law. She's a genius in that aspect of things. What is what are some tips in order that you give to your clients to get started in a business or to start chasing their dreams? What do they need to do first and foremost? So you use genius very loosely. We've established that today. Um, <laughs> far from it. I think that starting a business, whether someone's coming to me to scale or they're just starting an entirely new venture, I need to know more about them personally. Like the first six months is a journey on discovering who you are and what you're called to do. Right. Only then can you communicate that to others. Only then can you figure out what complementary behavioral styles do I need to support me to get where I want to be. If you do not have that self-awareness and you're not willing to spend that time, you will not succeed, right? If your purpose is to show up every day and make money, it's fleeting. It'll go away. Right. You need to have a passion behind something. Yeah. And it's okay to come and say, I know that I like doing this. Am I passionate about it? I'm not sure. We'll figure that out. And so, yeah, in a sense, I am a counselor, yeah. right? And they say counselor at law too. So I guess it kind of goes <laughs> together. But I mean, it comes with every aspect of law that I've ever done. You know, somebody comes into the office and, and they're upset. You got to, in order to make a good decision, you need to have a clear mind. Yeah. So sometimes we're just counseling to get to a clear mind so we can make a decision together. And if anything, I think that that's like a whole package for you because you're building that trust factor that's going to get them. So if you even start with them at the very beginning and then now the next step is to help them scale their business. And the right. next step is to help them grow to whatever their goals are in the sense of like, especially like even when I work with clients, I try to bring them in as family. I want to get mm -hmm. to know you. I want to understand what your goals are, your aspirations are, what success you want. So then I can help you get that, get there. Right. And so I know that you do that with your clients as well. And it's a journey of building, you know, trust and, and truly isolating how you can add value. Yes. If you don't get to know your clients that well, how can you add value to them? You can't. Yeah. You need to be a resource to them. That's what leaders do. That's what supportive roles do. You're a resource. And I, to know. I want to go back a little bit because I feel like we just jumped right on in, like dove into the water <laughs> really quickly. That's not my personality yeah. at all. Give us, y'all, if you are, you can't see this if you're not watching on YouTube, if you're just listening in the car, she's making me nervous, but I've known her for literally like two years now, three years, and I'm literally sweating. I don't know why, but whatever. I want you to go back and give in us your the, box. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to go back and give us a journey of what made Lauren of our, who she is today. Oh gosh. Like give us a little backstory on where you started in the salon and making your way, going, paving, working for other businesses. Yeah. When you worked for... Um, you're going to have to refresh my memory is when you worked with famous people and you did the brand deals. Like you, <laughs> yeah. I need all those stepping stones that got us to a lot. arena. All right. So hit us with it. I can do that. Um, I mean, there's just so many factors. So I take great value in, I don't want to say like meditation or, but thought provoking silent time. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you focus on that and focus on drawing through your self-awareness and reconciling past events, um, that type of question becomes so loaded because you go back all the way to childhood and, and your family in general. So I've concluded over time, you know, and working on my own self-awareness, I had a ton of strong women in my life, all different types of strong though, right? And I think those examples are all contributing factors, you know, to bring you to 
together to be a more holistic person with my goal of just making sure that my children are aware of those witnesses, those testimonies in their life to ultimately get them there. So I love that we're walking through this phase, but it would start with my grandmothers, my mom, even my great grandmother. I mean, these women were just either very strong willed, very demanding. They set really good boundaries for themselves and truly valued themselves. And I love that aspect of it all the way through to, you know, my mother, an entrepreneur who has zero entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. She just loves what she did right. her whole life and wanted to help as many people as she could. And that helped her foster, you know, teaching new hairstylists and moving forward and then being supported by a husband who is the utmost of entrepreneurial spirits, right? Yeah. And pushed her to her limits to be even better and eventually open her own salon and move forward. So I got to live in that household where both of them individually owned their own businesses. Yeah. And they thrust me into them at a young age because they were also family minded. And so again, when you don't separate that too, that's not, it's a norm for me. You know, I was six years old washing towels, you know, in the salon for my mom and Uh shampooing heads as soon as I could reach the bowl, because it was always that communal effort. And they always put me in the business Um, all the way through to, I would go and learn stuff, some things from my dad's work. He's contractor though. So my brother spent a lot of time there and that's where he works now. And then when it comes to understanding business and having that kind of knowledge, my dad got a coffee shop that he had invested in and it went right back to him. And he had me run that coffee shop as a child in high school. And so I was just pushed into that environment, going there in the morning before school. Adults would work at Walmart school, go there after school, you know, clean everything up, close it down for the day. And I mean, when you do that your entire high school career, and you're also managing all your extracurricular activities, also managing, you know, your your coursework and your grades, it becomes a way of life. And I love that that hustle just became everyday life for me. And also taught me just the simplicities of basic general business principles that was huge in my life. And I can't wait to just throw my girls into that. And that's why I like to pull them into everything that I do as well. And then I just, I cannot discount how helpful it was to have a father that pushed me the way that he did. I think that, you know, really gets cast in a bad light these days, Mm -hmm. you know, and everything is about support, which of course is important. But I think most parents, you innately provide love and support. Right. Right. Your kid falls down. You don't want them to have a skin knee. Our freaking knee hurts more than theirs does when it's bleeding. Right. We're so worried about them. I think that's innate. I think that people really, really discount that significance of saying, no, you have a standard. I have this standard set for you. You can achieve it. You will achieve it. And you're going to surpass it. And my father did that for me. And I'm just eternally grateful for it. And he also showed up every day in that hustle. I mean, he started framing houses when he was 16. And now he, you know, runs a general contractor construction business that does large commercial buildings. Mm -hmm. It's it's beautiful. And yeah. I love it. Yeah. Right. The what building, <laughs> the building of these offices. So it's, it's awesome. And, you know, with one of our values being legacy, I get it because I watched my father build his legacy. I watched my mother build her legacy and I watched them build a legacy together. And I just, I wouldn't want anything more than to live that out and prove that their efforts were warranted, right. you know, and I can pass them along to their grandkids. Um, I mean, from there, I, 
I kind of blame my teachers when they say, you know, oh, you did so good in school. You're going to be a doctor or a lawyer. You're going to be a doctor or a lawyer. Well, I freaking hate blood. And yeah. at that point, so I was you were like, elimination. <laughs> right. I was scared to death of needles. I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. <laughs> and then like you start talking to people that are going to law school and I'm in pre-law at LSU and it's like, oh yeah, his daddy, uncle, brother, you know, everybody is a lawyer and that's what makes lawyers. And I'm like, yeah, well, we're a hairdresser and a contractor, but still going to law school. Yeah. <laughs> and then as it got closer, um, I graduated college earlier than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sad because I wanted to be in the student section at LSU for the rest of my life. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they called me in and they're like, you're graduating. And at that point, um, in my business law class at LSU in undergrad, they select a person that can get an internship at a law firm in Baton Rouge. And I was selected to do that. So oh, at the cool. time I was graduating, I was already interning at this firm. I hated it. Oh, no. <laughs> I hated well, that it. took an awkward turn. It did. Um, I mean, the people were great. And I still, I mean, some of them were at my wedding. And I, I remember them and I'm grateful for them every yeah. single day. But I quickly realized that my personality wasn't theirs. Right all the successful people in the firm, because you never reinvent the wheel, right? right? And so I'm analyzing the situation while I'm there. And I'm like, not only do I not want their life that I'm witnessing, but it also doesn't fit my personality. And that really had me question what I was going to do with my life right. and whether I was going to go to law school. So I decided last minute I was scheduled for the LSAT um, to take it the same day as one of the LSU football games. And I was like, oh, whatever. I'll just get dressed, go take Shut that, up. and then go to the game. So I still went and took it. Um, oh, my God. And then went to the LSU game and went on with life. And then everything was coming to send in applications for law school. And the very last minute, I was like, I'm just going to do this because I was talking to my dad yeah. about it. And he's like, I'm pretty sure, you know, it'll just still be good information that you get. You know, like this real general casual talk. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to do that. And ultimately, it turned out that I tell everybody that is that, yes, I prefer business. I prefer being an entrepreneur. But I mean, I would tell anybody to go to law school. The way it trains your mind to think and approach a situation, it's invaluable in any area of business. Right. So I'm so happy that I did that. And it kind of fell in place. Um, went to law school and loved it. Took the bar. Um killed it yeah i had clerked for the family courts in saint Tammy parish for the first year that they opened the family courts so i was like the first intern for that um so i thought it was really cool but that judge got me in touch with somebody that i went and worked at a small firm for a short period of time um she went out on disability so i was being thrown into court and giving cases on day one and i'm like well can do this myself and so yeah. and I was driving to Mandeville and at the time living in Slidell so I was like I'll just hang my own shingle and start doing my own thing which I did for a while uh -huh. and then one of my clients um was a growing corporation at the time they were nationwide um I think they had dipped their toe into some things in Europe but um nothing major and they wound up continuously asking me to to come and work for them and I was really hesitant at first and then I was pregnant with Dylan my first daughter and so they were like, it'll be so much easier, you know, if you just come work here and be in-house. And it is an honor in the legal profession to be in-house counsel. Um, unlike other jobs where it's kind of like, yes, you get hired, you go into that department and it's like a promotion to step up. In-house counsel is, you know, a big deal. Mm -hmm. And so to get that opportunity at such a young age, um, I almost couldn't not take advantage of it. Yeah. And so 
naturally, you know, you already heard me speak about my father. I go to him and I'm like, hey, you know, these people really want me to go work for them. Like, I just want your thoughts. Like, it took me X amount of time to build my book of business. I really don't want to give those clients up, but I'm going to have to phase out and pass them on to another law firm. And we're chatting back and forth. And he's like, who is it? Long story short, he had just built a building for them. <laughs> so oh, he wow. already knew who they Oh, my were. gosh. Yeah. And he's like, they're fabulous people. Like I've been working with them over the last year that I built their, their office building. And I'm like, yeah, I was just there the other day. And so, you know, you're in the legal field. You don't talk a lot about your clients unless you're helping promote their business. So I hadn't talked about the work that I was doing for them. So we really had never, never known that about one another. So I started working for them. Um, and I worked there exclusively for seven years. And that was where I did a lot of the marketing stuff. So I served, it started off as, I think it was, I'm not a title person, but it was like director of legal affairs or something Uh like that. And uh I started their legal department, um, just handling their intellectual property. It was at the cusp of social media marketing, like when it first began. And the founder of this company, she just has an incredible mind for speaking to consumers. I mean, even with her product names, they just speak to the product really well. And she just mastered social media marketing before there was an algorithm, yeah, right? Before when you, it was complicated. Before okay. it was complicated, yeah. right? Those days. And um, and the company was really taking off. And so I think I was the 11th employee when I onboarded. And we got up to 70-something employees okay. into, you know, countries and all the different continents. So I would yeah. help go get businesses set up abroad, meet with the attorneys and the accountants in those areas. And then naturally, when you're in a company like that, eventually everything runs across your desk. So I was touching every part of every department, right? Even if I'm not doing the marketing, I have to see it from a regulatory perspective. I have to go through the contracts, right? And then you mentioned working with celebrities. We did a lot of product placement. So it was really cool. We got a lot of exposure and working on the talent side of things, which I've always been interested in because that's so quasi-business, quasi-entertainment. Really, right. really a fun area. So I got thrust into that and that again was at the forefront of you know any celebrity product placements i mean at the time it was one picture you know a picture of a celebrity holding a product a picture picture. not a video just a picture the captions half of them didn't even matter because the regulations haven't even been at that time updated to even include anything about what you need to put in a hashtag before it needed to say hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored or now you need the whole dang you know description of what it's going to be right so we had a lot of fun with it and, you know, it was fun creating the contracts because every time we do a project, you know, something new would happen and you're, you're working through it. And I love being on the forefront of things that are innovative. Um, and then while I was working at Brought Beauty, I had my second daughter. And shortly after I had her, I was rushed into ICU for a while. So I had a, a major, major health issue with uh, blood clots and pulmonary embolisms. So I was there for a while. Um, it's still difficult for me to fly, you know, abroad. Mm-hmm. Now I can do it, but there's restrictions around it. So at that time when I was coming back to work with them, it was more of, yes, I'll still be your general counsel, but I want to go out and do it on my own and maybe take on other businesses and I'll still be available to you. And they were open to that oh, cool. as well because we had set up everything and everything was operating so well that it was, you know, like a comfortable transition period. So I eventually transitioned back out. Um, 
I still represent them. I actually have an unread text message from her right now that I saw pop up earlier um, that I still represent them on all their legal matters and questions that they may have. I mean, it's nice to get so close to your businesses, and I try to do them with all of them, that I know the owner's personalities, I know their risk tolerance, and I know the industry that they work in, so I know the problems that they encounter. So when they call me, it's not a long, drawn-out conversation. You know, it's, it's like, I need this. Yeah. And if they tell me they need a service for their company, I know exactly what I'm looking for and how to protect them and we set some policies in place on how we draft those contracts or make decisions so it's really nice to do that um and then when I went back out on my own I got you know connected with Jared to help him find and Jared's my partner to help him find an attorney that would help with their real estate side of the practice they had a title company that he worked at and um Ultimately, I mean, at first I was like, absolutely not. And, but I'll help you find somebody. And he's like, no, I would like you to do it. I'm like, no, that wasn't what this meeting was for. <laughs> and then eventually, like he won. yeah, he did jerk. Um, <laughs> I was like, look, I'll add this to my practice. I'm not giving up my firm, but I can add real estate and I will do it under that, you know, umbrella. And so over time I did. And then because I knew business, I kind of got pulled in on the business side of things. And, um, kind of gone from there and then I got pulled away from my business clients which I hated because again when you're servicing the way that I do you mentioned earlier like go to them for everything like that's literally what I tell my clients I may not do it all but I'm your resource for anything right. that you need yes all the time every day because I'm here to add that value and solve your problems that's it so you know even if you call me with a criminal matter I'm not doing it, but I have a guy that I send all my criminal stuff to that's ready and he knows my style. He knows how to update and he knows how to take care of my clients. Right. And so we truly do have people come to us for everything. And so when I got pulled away and I'm focusing on other things, I can't service them to my standard. And that became really hurtful for me because I just, I love the entrepreneurial side of things. So getting back, launching Arena, you know, in January has allowed me to do that. And I just, I'm meeting with new businesses every freaking single day. Yes. And when I say a new business, it's not necessarily, you know, a business that just started or they're calling me to set up their LLC. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's good old Bobby who's been working for 30 years and yeah. Bobby's great at what he does, but like Bobby needs to, what do they say? Shit or get off the pot. Yeah. Bobby's got to do something, <laughs> right? Yeah. And cause he's either going to retire or he's ready to scale. Um, you know, maybe he's not satisfied with, you know, his income at that point. And so when they come to me, we really diagnose the, the situation whether it's helping them with the business succession planning or fine-tuning their processes to make them more efficient. And I just, I have so much joy and excitement behind that because that literally is my life. Yeah. You know, I've watched my family run businesses. I've watched how those businesses employ people in our community. I watched how those businesses is what supports all of the philanthropic events that happen in our parish. I love where I live. I love my people. And I wasn't always like that. I mean, when I was in law school, I was clerking for firms in Chicago or New York because I thought that's really where I wanted to be. And right. it's just so silly to think that because my vocation is so clear to me today. So getting back to being involved in those businesses, helping them grow, helping them offer better services, better products and jobs to our community. I mean, it's literally what I live for. So long story, but that's how I got from A to now to double z wait i love it because i actually <laughs> learned a lot in that talk just now because i didn't know all those things about you but that's i mean it's safe to say what you went through has molded you into the woman that you are today a thousand percent like everything that i brought up has a factor on who i've become i wasn't the same person before i walked into the icu that i am today i don't handle things the same you know i'm not the same person that dated my husband in high school that 
is with him today in the things that we intentionally do together on a weekly basis to make sure that we are aware of who we're being as parents and spouses. Like those things matter. They change you every step of the way, every one of those challenges, you know, you have to approach everything, even those horrible things with an element of like, this is good. There's going to be growth. What growth am I supposed to get out of it? What am I gaining from this? And Mm -hmm. I guess my question to you is like the advice that you would give someone that may be going through the hard times to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So like prime examples when I was in corporate and I was like, well, shit, I guess this is what my life is going to look like. Cause I went on interview after interview after interview and they were like, you're overqualified. And so I literally went home, cried and told John, I guess, well, I guess this is God's plan for him. I'm just going to be in corporate. I'm going to be a mom. That's like, that's it, which is fine. Yeah. But I knew in my heart that this is not what's going to make me happy, but I need to develop the mindset when in all reality, God was really crafting my life now. Exactly. And so it's really hard, I guess, to give advice to someone that's living in that moment right now because they're mm-hmm. like, wow, you know, you don't really, it's hard to take advice when you're at your low. So like, what would you tell someone that maybe be, would be struggling in a job or a situation where they're just not happy? I probably wouldn't talk about their job. I mean, honestly, it's, you know, anytime I encounter someone like that, it's reading the situation to see how you can open their heart and open their mind. Right. Because if they're not doing that, it's wasted breath on both sides. Yeah. So a lot of times it's just, again, going back to that self-discovery process of what's your passion and you unlock it. You know, it's like sitting in an interview. I know you've interviewed a lot of people. You're growing. It's amazing. Hiring's hard. Right. Mm. Say yes. It's hard. Yep, it's very hard. I actually <laughs> I hate yesterday. this I was part. Like, Nobody's good at hiring. Just like tell you. And I'm the, like, the, and like no I hate that button. whole part, the whole process. But anyway, no. continue. It's all about leading, helping people grow and then firing fast when you have to. Um, but aside from that, you're in an interview. Right. And you could see somebody's incredibly nervous and they can't even like answer you without stuttering and I'm just like I ain't worried about all that like you got kids girl no one I already looked up their Facebook page I know they got kids <laughs> and then you watch them talk about their kids and you watch their body relax you watch them start to laugh and you know tell you jokes and and get positive stuff. and then you can start picking that out to find exactly what your passion is I think most people are just simply misguided yeah it's and it's not a struggle that they're going to but to you know answering the specific question of how do you, you're essentially saying, how do you change their perspective? Well, you don't. You don't. What can you do? Control you and control your reactions. So what can we show up and do every day is live our vocation. So we're an example to all the other women that are sitting there wondering if this is what their life has to be. Right. And I am just, that motivates me more than anything. I'm going to show up every freaking day for that person that's sitting there because I can't talk to you and change your mindset. I can't press that button for you, but I can damn well show you. Right. And I will show you every day. I'm tired, but I got concealer. Let's go. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you got to just keep going. That's just the thing. Go. You just and go. I say this all the time is like, I have so many conversations with people in general, and especially women too, that are maybe stuck in their not happy. Maybe that's staying at home. Maybe that's working. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's in corporate life. Right. To chase their dreams, whatever the case may be. And I say this on a regular basis. I will be there for you and I will mm-hmm. support you until I sound like a broken record and you do nothing with it. Because I can do this podcast. My whole goal behind it was to for women to listen to this and maybe have some motivation to chase their dream. And the right. feedback I've gotten is amazing. So if I can touch that's one so person, that's great. But Ultimately, I can give you as much advice as I want. Lauren can give you as much advice as she wants. 
But if you're not willing to take that leap of faith or find and explore, go down that journey of finding what's going to ultimately make you happy and what you should be doing, then there's absolutely nothing that we can do for you. Right. In the sense of now it's your turn. Or, I mean, yeah. And part of that's identifying what you need to take the step. So who you need. Not only, you know, what, but who. Like sometimes you just need that supportive role. You need that awareness to say like, no, I can do this, but I can do this with someone that's also going to support me in this manner. Right. Okay. We're going to we switch for a that. minute because I want to talk about entrepreneurship. Okay. I'm going to do it. Um, well, I want to tell, I want you to be like raw, unfiltered with me in the moment when like people come to you and they're like, oh my God, I want to start a business. There's so much freedom. There's so much yada, yada, yada. There's so much <laughs> amazingness. How yeah. hard is being a freaking entrepreneur? Straight so up. I literally did a presentation yesterday to an awesome group of agents. I'm and excited. I'm sorry. I'll bring this back. Bring it. Yeah, right. I mean, I'll <laughs> who can take up most of the table? <laughs> um, and it was a lot about time blocking and balance because everybody always asked me about that. And literally, I opened up with the same statement you opened up with. I was like, how many of y'all chose to be a real estate agent because of the flex schedule? And they were all like, yeah. And then I was like, and how many of y'all are a victim to that flex schedule? And they were all like, still me. Right. I mean, that's the same thing with being an entrepreneur. I cannot tell you how many times people are like, I'm not punching that clock. They ain't going to catch me saying I have to be there from, you know, no nine to five anymore. And I'm like, all right. So you prepare to be there 24 seven because that's life, boo. That is 24 seven. It does not turn off. But that goes back to my argument is I will flesh out whether this is your vocation, whether this is your passion. Because you will not always be motivated by making money, right? So you need to understand that it's your passion. And what's the second thing? What's that quote? You won't always be motivated, so you must be disciplined. You need discipline. Like, those are the two things. And if they're not sitting there willing to talk about that or they become too deflated in doing it, I'm just straight up like, you're not ready. You're not ready. (laughs) It's exhausting. Mm. It's hard. It's not for the faint of heart ever. And leading... Don't even get me started on personnel and people. When you decide to step into that role and lead others, you have to walk in the door every day and leave yourself behind. And I don't mean leave yourself behind. Obviously, you're invested in the conversation. Obviously, you pull your vulnerabilities. I mean, I self-deprecate in every conversation to get people to feel comfortable. Like it, and it helps me too because I'm reconciling through it as I'm doing it. But I don't have the right at that point when someone's upset to be like, I know, girl, life sucks. This sucks. Can you imagine what Karen did to me yesterday? I hate her. Or this client is so aggravating and they ask for shit all the time. You start talking like that, you're leading your people to talk like that and you're creating a negative culture. So like you need to come in there like a damn sponge soaking up all the nasty germs off the table. Right. Right. So that everybody can move forward in a healthy environment. and. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> it's exhausting. Like, I don't have any words besides it's hard because there's so many people. I guess, let me back up. I grew up with entrepreneurs too, mm-hmm. and we see it. We saw them work very early, work very late nights. Yep. I mean, they built a freaking apartment on top of their store, and that's where we would stay during the week. So they built their business. And so, like, we see that, but there's so many things that entrepreneurs did not talk about or share that now I'm like, holy crap. I feel like I just got like, punched in the gut because like people sometimes like look at me and they say oh it looks easy I want your freedom I'm jealous of your life (laughs) I'm like thank you um cool cool and I have freedom (laughs) I'm like I love the life that I've built 
Yeah. I might complain. I might get overwhelmed. I have the right to do that because I'm still grateful and blessed for what it is. But you have to be a different machine animal to deal with entrepreneurship. Thousand percent. It is a different level. And so like bringing someone in like this is like you were talking a while ago about how you went to law school, but you really love business. But like to me, that's like amazing because you got like a Swiss Army knife because you like know the law, but you're like a complete badass when you're helping someone build their business. Like one time she sat with me and I was like, I don't even know what you're saying to me right now, but I probably should know that because I'm an entrepreneur and I probably need to implement that in my business. But well, you, damn, that was like a knife to my side because I'm like, oh, wait, I didn't explain it in plain no, 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 language. No, 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 no. And then I took, but I took, I know. And then I started putting systems in place. So, right. no, obviously I still use it. Oh, it was the system talk. Thing, yes. yes. Everybody it, avoids the system. System talk. talk. It's just like. Freedom and discipline, girl. It is. Freedom and discipline. It is. And then I was just saying, like, you were just. I feel like the story that you gave us is giving you the authority and credibility that you deserve because the only way, the only reason you are the way you are right now is because of your past and what you grew up like. And now you actually have, it's not like you just hopped out of law school and you were like, hey, I'm going to teach you how to run a business. No, No. the story that helped you. hashtag everybody else. No, I'm kidding. Um, But but there are people that are like that. There's so many. I had someone um, actually come in for a business consult to be a business consultant. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I really, I enjoy the hell out of it because it's like my love, my topic. No, they're they're not a client. Were they successful with learning from you to? to Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. Don't you love it? I love it. I love their passion and their their idea behind it. And you know me, I'm not one that's like, oh, this is closely held. Like if they want an entire process, you get my entire process, go do you. Everybody's going to have a different flair because I bring Lauren to every part of my process. And so you can bring your Bobness to every part of your process. Like I would teach them everything. I just, I find it entertaining because mm-hmm. um, I never, and I don't hold myself out. You know that. I don't hold myself out as a business consultant. Like I do business law, but it comes to me in that way. And when the package requires us to do an element of growth, I do the element of growth with them. Right. So it just happened to push that way because I've been part of so many businesses that have started from nothing or so many businesses that needed to scale. Um, But I do find it entertaining that there's just so many people out there that all of a sudden it's just like life coaches. Like they're just all of a sudden doing that. Yeah. And it's like um, giving in. I bet many of them are great, but because it's flooded in that way and there's no barrier of entry. You really got to test the credibility. You have to. And that's a lot of stuff that I talk about, which Arena does a really great job doing is you're building your authority and your credibility based on video. And like I talk about that a lot. Thank you. Um, <laughs> shout out to Jonah. Um, <laughs> y'all are doing that a lot. And that's really every time I go and speak or I talk to a business owner, I'm like you and your competitor do the exact same thing. You offer the exact service or you have the exact same product. There's really nothing correct. that's that different from the outside. Correct. The only thing that's different is you and how yep. you do things. So unless you are willing to show that authoritative figure that you have and put yourself on the line, how did, how does the consumer know which one to pick? Right. And so your basis of one, I'm really glad you told that story. Cause like I learned a lot from it, but like that gears up the person that's listening that, okay, she really knows her shit. She's not just some attorney saying I can help you build your business and then help you follow the law at the same right. time. And most attorneys suck at business. That was so like, you're talking about credibility. I had the opposite problem my whole life. It's like you get out of law school, you got Esquire behind your name. We get a Juris Doctorate. Like you get a doctorate. Like your credibility is almost attached to you instantly, right? But then you have the hurdle of 
you can't communicate with anybody using plain language that they can understand at all. And I feel like we try to bring that as a value. And then two, you're fighting the legal battles. Every situation that you approach for business, it's like, these are the legal remedies. Like sometimes it's the practical implications that are going to allow you to solve that problem, not the legal. And that's where I think that there's a huge barrier in the legal world. And because I was so invested in business and have done my own thing for a while and did businesses that have nothing to do with the practice of law, I've learn that blend right yeah. and especially being in-house for such a big company for so long you learn the blend of the practical versus the legal right and I want to talk about this too is I'm glad you brought that back up is contract perspective for even people that are small I know we've had this conversation before because UGC is like huge now and I mean it always obviously has been because I mean you were doing yeah. it with celebrities too obviously it was a little bit Since different 2012 and now like people are talking to me, oh my God, you have a contract. Even small businesses, you need some sort of agreement when you work with a client. So like I provided a service still. And at first I was very naive. Like I will easily tell, I tell everyone this when they ask me advice. I'm like, make sure you have a contract. Cause in the very beginning I was like, people are so kind. I don't need a contract. They're going to stay with me forever. My dad looked at me and he was like, no, that's not how business works. <laughs> I'm proud of him because he's from the generation too, where sometimes they are, call them no contractors, right. right? They're like, we don't need a contract. Like we shook hands and man, I value that. But I'm like, what's a greater value than to say you trust your words so much that you'll put it in writing. So I'll just flip it right on him. But you come from a generation of people that don't think that's necessary right. when in essence, I don't need you to have a contract because I need a draft one. I actually hate most contracts that are drafted by, you know, lawyers, really intelligent lawyers, because at the end of the day, the people that are signing it don't know what it says. They don't, I don't know. And what it, it just causes problems. So I like contracts for the purpose of setting expectations. When you set clear expectations, everybody knows what they're getting on both sides. Guess what that does? Eliminates problems. So just set expectations. If you think you can do that clearly, then what are you going to do after you have a conversation with somebody to set an expectation? You're going to put in an email. Can that email become a contract? Yes. Just document. Just document it, right? So I just, I try to coach so much of my businesses and just understanding that the process is informal. Yeah. There's so many things that I'm going to ask of you or recommend of you, like get your law and order mindset out. <laughs> <laughs> watch that later tonight because I ain't here right now and let's talk about what this is from practical sense and how simple it truly is and that you're letting yourself get overwhelmed just because it's an unknown for you but we it, got you it, it I will say that y'all mean y'all handle all my contracts obviously so if you're local to Louisiana obviously they or do y'all do Mississippi now or you're just strictly Louisiana oh no we definitely do Mississippi okay I mean there's yeah yeah I've been, doing, I've been doing them. global legal work for a while, so I do it everywhere. It's just I can't walk into every courtroom and be like, I'm about to beat y'all in this courtroom. I got to take people with me that are licensed in those courts. Okay, so next time you do go to court, I know it's probably against the law, but somehow can we rig up a camera to a hat maybe or something to just get that footage? Because I would just, or I might just be there and reenact it later because I feel like that would just be great content. Okay, you got it. Becky, um... <laughs> our other partner she has a story and I don't even remember it but she just told it so much that like now I you know I know it from her telling it but she said we walked in the court and she does a lot of the legwork for me but she hates to do the the public speaking so back when we do anything that would be litigation she would handle legwork and I would show up to court with her and she'd be like here's the arguments go in there do your thing and I had her like supporting me she knew where all the exhibits were and everything so we get in there and um 
we go to introduce ourselves and we had tried to settle this. I try to settle everything beforehand because I just think courts are so unnecessary at times. So anything that I can do, I'll try to settle out. We didn't say. So we stand up to make our appearances and <laughs> the opposing counsel like gets up there and goes on this huge rant about me. And the rant in like at some point he yelled like she's a wolf in sheep's clothing. She comes in here and she's a what? young female and he's going on and on and almost like personally attacking me for being a short, strong woman, I guess. Yeah. I don't know what his issue was. I might have been pregnant at the time. Yeah. So she said, I stood up to introduce myself and I was like, hi, your honor, Lauren Navarre, the wolf in sheep's clothing. Shut <laughs> and up. the whole courtroom like busted out laughing. She said that it was a female judge too. So I don't know what this what guy he was, was thinking. Yeah, what he was thinking. But that's her favorite story of us being in court. And we, of course, we won. So I was going to, I thought story. you were about to bring up the one of her in court. where they were. Oh, uh, no, no. No, my friend. But look what that did. So, yeah, Becky had her first court appearance that didn't go well. As expected, like, the girl's a genius and she's amazing. She's, she's so freaking and super fun. Um, it's just not her gift. And that's why you need people that compliment you. But she got thrown in a court and it was her first appearance. So she was nervous as hell. And it was terrible. And by the time she got back to the firm that she was working at, the man there that owned the building and, and the firm gave her a copy of the man in the arena quote. And so, like, fast forward, you know, 13 years. Correct. And now y'all are arena collective. How amazing. And she's one of the owners, for those of yes. listening. But I want to ask this question, and okay. um, it's going to just kind of, like, hit you. It's a written down question? It's a written, like, that's what I was doing. Oh, okay. okay. Because as, I, as you Official. speak, I'm like, okay, either you're just, like, flawless, or you've struggled with this before. So get a little candid. Struggle every day, girl. How right. do you have the confidence that you have to walk into a room and, like, I want I almost want to do it as a twofold. Because, like, how do you have the confidence that you have today? And then two, or how do you have the confidence to, to walk into a room, especially with men, because we just had this conversation right before yeah. we started airing, yeah. to hold your own voice in that room for them to listen to you? Like, such a loaded question. Um, so everybody lacks confidence. I just believe that I only lack it in spurts. <laughs> <laughs> I think that confidence applies to so many different areas of your life too. Like I can say that I'm almost never confident in my appearance, but I value what I add to the business world more than I value my appearance. And so if I'm weighing the two and I'm walking in a room with confidence, I know I can add value in some way to the lives of the people that are there. So I intentionally focus on that value, regardless of how I feel about how I look, especially like at this stage in my life. Like I'm never going to walk into a room and wow anybody anymore these days. And that that's hard to, you know, come to that realization as you become a mom or you focus on doing a business and you're not as fit as you want to be. All those things. I, I suffer with all of that every single day. But having the realization and spending that silent time to tell myself and be comfortable with the fact that I like what I add as an entrepreneur more than what I add to the appearance of the room makes me hold on to that confidence a little bit more. Um, I definitely have to say it also is an example of just how my father taught me to be as a person, right? And commanding that attention that you need when you need it. And that was something that he pushed for me and something as simple as like, ordering my own food when I'm five years old and speaking to someone and looking them in the eye. Do you know how many people show that they're not confident because they can't look someone in the eye? 
Like it happens every day. Yeah, I know that makes it awkward simple. that we're staring at each other now. Um, and when you talk people about tell it, me I actually like look at them and I find that weird because I yeah. do. Like when somebody's talking to me, I'm like, I probably look more into their eyes now than I have ever. Right. Well, well you, because you, like you're interested your and you want to know because yeah. again, you want to add that value, but there's an element to being raised that way. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's a behavioral style. So as a leader, I'm looking at the behavioral style of every single person that works for our firm. And I would perceive a lot of the things that someone with a different behavioral style would do as a lack of confidence, when in essence, it's just their social skills. So sometimes, uh, you know, I think people really need to evaluate whether you lack social skills or you lack confidence and not fuzzy the line between the two. I think people think I'm overly confident and even can be perceived as arrogant just because my behavioral style is is domineering and demanding and I have standards and I want things done and I want it done right and I want it done now and I can communicate that clearly. And so I don't so much know that it's my confidence, but it's the reaction of the person that's perceiving it differently that lacks the confidence in how they feel about it right? or what they can deliver in the moment. Um, so I don't know if I'm really answering no, your you question. Did. No, but you definitely answered that question. I think too, it's, it's ultimately wrapping it in a bow is like, no matter how you feel about yourself, you need to overcome that mindset. Cause we all struggle with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you are inspiring one other person, like the body that you may not envy someone else looks at it and says, I wish I had that or right. the brains that you have. Somebody wishes they have that. So like, there's always someone that is holding you on a pedestal, whether you think that value of yourself or not. And so I think that that's something, I mean, the moment I've met you, you walk with a presence, a confidence, like your confidence is there, whether you struggle with certain things, like you don't necessarily show it. And so like, to me, that is admirable because I'm like, I wish sometimes I could you know, oh, you totally are. Have you seen your videos on stage? Okay. Those I come become you a different woman. It. You love it. Become a different woman. What but are we gonna call you? Like, uh, like Beyonce's got what, Sasha Fierce? What's your <laughs> what's your other name, Shelby? I need know. <laughs> yeah, I do need one of those. But we do. We don't have one? Are we not we're not doing this right now? We can give we're me not one. Gonna, you do gonna, you give me one, I, I'll give you one. Oh gosh. Uh, this is hard. Okay, now right. we're gonna Okay, rapid fire questions. I'm gonna go really oh, fast. Okay. All right. Okay, what's the one thing you hate about being an entrepreneur? Go first. Lack thing. of sleep. What's the one thing you love about adding entrepreneur? value to lives? Oh, awesome. Oh my God. What is one thing you can't leave home without? My purse, of course, but that's a million things. Okay. Is there a day <laughs> in your life ever that you don't wear heels? Ever. It's rare. When I was sick, I couldn't wear heels for like a year and a half. And, and you so, wear heels all the time. Like, we're going to yeah. have to showcase these heels in a minute. They're, yep, that's them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got it? Did you get that? I love it. All right. What's your favorite color? Go. Yellow. Okay. Um, What is the most exciting thing about Arena Collective? We're ever changing. And who's your favorite coworker? (laughs) (laughs) Personality number seven of me. (laughs) One of my other personalities. That's fun. Um, do that i know i did i, I ended it with I that have one such That's amazing people that work with me um i have people that understand me the most and that's loving and who give me the most grace and that's also loving so you have a great team i appreciate here. i love it 
It's, Thank you. I love it. I saw y'all's uh, video of sushi and I was like a tad bit jealous. I was like, I want to come, but whatever. I'm just a contractor. I was <laughs> so, yes, I was so intentional about that because we do so many events, as you know. Mm-hmm. You help cover them and promote them for us. So thank you. But um, Jared and I, I mean, all we do is talk to all of our clients the yeah, entire never, time. Yeah. And I value the people that are in the lives of the people that we work with every day. Right. You know, I don't want to be so cliche that it's family, but like I truly care about everybody that comes on board. I care about their growth and to care about their growth cares about what their family needs are and how they're being met. And so how can I not know their partners, their spouses, their girlfriends, boyfriends, like that's a huge influence on their life and they're spending most of their time with us. And so I was like, okay, we hired enough people where I don't know their spouses. Like, let's go. Well, like I'm having a party. Is your mind day. completely blown that y'all y'all started your business in January and y'all have like I mean just from your analytics side of your social hair flip it is I'm I'm like it is amazing like it's it is it stupid is. insane but like from a business perspective when y'all took that risk mm-hmm. and you. Jonah, you're gonna have to edit this part out because I don't know how to word this. Stepped part. out, stepped out of the roles that you were in, and really took that yeah. risk. And we're like, we're opening our own, us four together. Yeah. I and mean, there was a lag know. in time, but yeah, it um ultimately happened that way. But once that decision was made, it was immediate. So to answer your question. 1000% surprised every day because I do this for a living and help people do this. So I know that we're good at it. That wasn't a question, but the response that we got was so overwhelming and it shows that people value how we communicate. People value that we're there for them and they understand that. And to me that I just, I don't know, it's just touching. Like I literally am grateful and praying about it and thankful every single day of my life if not multiple times a day because right. the reaction is beautiful well and because like truly your typical thought of an attorney <laughs> i've said this from the beginning is stuffy unapproachable yeah. Um, yeah. way too smart to even hold a conversation with right. very intimidating y'all have man buns i mean you walk around in a t-shirt with a blazer I and do. heel it's like your casual cute look but like you're a genius in the sense of all attorney jargon i should know more because i do y'all's marketing but <laughs> i literally left my brain um but y'all's perception as an attorney y'all have changed everything the game truly because i hope y'all are personable you you talk to your clients on your phone like your cell phone like you're yes. reachable yep. every time i've called even for not necessarily for work me providing a service for y'all but if i need y'all in an instant like mm-hmm. Y'all answer the phone. And so I think that that's really cool. And then just watching y'all grow, like watching y'all truly grow from January 2023 to July, because like tomorrow is basically July. Eh. And y'all have really just been I amazing. I know. It's been a ride. It's going to continue to be a ride because there's no slowing. I mean, no, it's, it's only up every single day. Yeah, there's more. It's just being intentional now. Yeah. You know, which again, it's so fun to be on the other side and coaching myself <laughs> through making these decisions and putting blinders on because, you know, that that side of my personality that's a driver and a pusher. Like, yes, I have the other compliant, make sure everything is perfect side, but that driver and pusher, like, you see squirrels, man, you want them. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You want them and it, you know, it makes sense, but it's just not everything that makes money makes sense for your business and doesn't fit your intent and your purpose. And so it's constantly pulling that back in because when people do love and support you and value what you do, they bring opportunities to you every day. Right. And it's a beautiful thing, but it's understanding what you're doing with those opportunities 
in a smart way that fits your values, fits your purpose. Oh, that's for sure. I've learned that something that I've learned that very recently that, like you said, not all money is good money in the sense of like when you close the door on one opportunity because you genuinely in your gut know this is not the right move. That's right. The doors that open after that is insanity. So that is the perfect example to say, put the blinders on. If you're chasing a dream and you want to do something with your life or you want to chase that avenue that you want to go down for happiness, put your blinders on because yes, somebody's done it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's our this product or service has already been provided. Exists, right. <laughs> so, but you are now doing it in your own way, and people will love that because they're gonna flock to you for clients that you want. Yes. Too like there's an element that this client is not for me. Right. That's why you have your values. So they're loud and proud. You see them, you can communicate them, and you can evaluate whether you're gonna have a good working relationship with someone. Boom. Anyway, I have one question left for you. Are you ready right. for it? Sure. Are you going to be like, ready for it? I just oh, have to dance. This ready, is now kicking ready, in. Ready, ready. Well, number one, oh, wait. She's not only an attorney. I will give you a shout out here. Is she, um, y'all just created Posh Patch? Yes. Which is, can you give me some? Just tell us what it is. Tell you what it is. All of it. This, thisness. Um, so it's all, vitamins, but it's via a patch. So, and it's hydrogel. So it's like all for sensitive skin. It's mostly water because it's hydrogel. So it goes into your bloodstream very quickly. Um. We actually started this conversation as board moms at cheer competitions, waiting for our daughters to perform. And we were talking about kids with anxiety and wanting to do a patch for kids because you don't want to give them medication of all of the vitamins and minerals that will help them with anxiety. And then over time, as we started looking to developing the products, we all use this hangover patch that our friend sold at her spa <laughs> at Woodhouse Spa. Shout out, Erin. Um, and we would like stock up on them whenever we had like we have a friend's poker run where we hop around in boats to all the different houses and drink all day and or just go to a parade yeah all those things and it was like a band-aid patch and so it would leave a mark i would get irritated on it you had you'd start to smell like vitamins there's just things that we knew that we could make better so we started with the parte patch which is for hangover prevention hangover relief and then we did pizzazz which is an energy and appetite control um, patch and that one has caffeine in it. So then we said, let's do a non-caffeine patch, which is our fully loaded B vitamin one. That's pep that I have one. Um, and then we have peace, which is a CBD patch. Peace. Yes. And it just takes the edge off. So no THC, but it just kind of takes that edge on my body at once. Yeah, you do. <sighs> you do. I can mean, you, you can, you can, can, you can, you can you? I double up all the time with the, um, pep in the parte. So that's like, while I'm drinking, and then the next day, just I put both of them back on. They're like, you get 12 hours out of them, so you can take them on and off and reuse them up 12 hours. But I do. I like it. But, yeah, that's one of those things I just started, and then, you know, I start talking to people, and I'm like, I mean, yeah, I know how to get that started. I can help. And I can do it. So when I have moms that are passionate behind it to take the rest of the legwork, it's a beautiful thing. And so it's like our friends, mothers, now we're a group of friends, and we got this this new thing going, so I it's cool it. too. I love it. Okay, last question. If I ask this to everyone, um, if you could go back and mm-hmm. tell your little girl, well, little girl self, Lauren, one thing, what would it be? Live through it. Like truly back to when it's a good question because it goes back to how we first started. Like truly understand that everything is exactly where it needs to be. Everything is happening for a perp, you know, for a reason. It's intentional. You're supposed to be learning fr- something from it. Live through it. Be at peace. It's going to be fine. I love it. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. We I felt like your that. voice changed to a 
conclusion. Uh, do you want to keep going? No. <laughs> No, I, I like it. Okay, and thank you. Okay, thank you again for joining us. And where can people find you? Give a shout out to Arena. Give a shout out to Lauren. Give a shout out to Posh Pat. Tell us everything. It'll be in the show notes too, but tell us where they can All right. hit you up. Well, somebody has my cell phone number out there. It keeps getting passed around, so you can do that. We'll just post or it. Lauren at arenacollective.com is my email address, Arena Collective, which owns Arena Law Firm and Arena Title Company. So that's all your legal needs. Like I said, we could be a resource to you there. And poshpatch.com is where you can find the posh patches and my lovely lady friends that help me with it. Yeah. Well, thanks again. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, comment, review, all the things. Until next time, let's freaking get it. Peace. Boom!